Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Why It Matters. And today we're talking about resilience. It's a word that's often described as the ability to bounce back from adversity or perhaps adapting, you know, changing that needs to happen during a perhaps stressful situation. The concept has long been identified as an important factor in not only maintaining well-being during stressful situations, but also emerging after with a positive outcome. Now, research has observed that while some are able to continue to thrive even after encountering adversities, others, well, they're less successful in doing so. So, are Singaporeans resilient? That's the question. Well, recently, Income Insurance and the Center for Research on Successful Aging at the Singapore Management University has done a study to find out that. In in the studio with me today to talk about that study is Shannon Fong, who is Vice President and Head Strategic Communications and Sustainability for Income Insurance. Uh, Shannon, good afternoon and welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I like this Singapore Resilience Study, as Mm. it's called, the first resilience index in Singapore. Tell me a little bit more about it. Well, it's our time to really understand where Singaporeans' resilience levels are, which is why it's so landmark, because Mm. I think it's for the first time it is giving visibility in terms of where we stand on resilience on the four domains, primarily social, physical, mental, as well as financial. Um, So as you rightly put it earlier, it's really about how we are being bounced back, Mm. uh, given the resources that we have. So it's important to know where we are so that we understand where our vulnerabilities are. And the whole intention of that is really for us to bring together partnerships and ecosystems in order to look into where the gaps are and then to plug those gaps with ecosystem interventions. All right, I'm definitely going to dive more in detail. But first, what was the methodology? I mean, who who was studied here? Uh, Essentially, we studied across over 2,000 people in Singapore. The age group spans from people who are 25 years old all the way to um, 76 years old. Mm -hmm. So essentially, it's representative of Singapore population, the the cohort of it. So what was good about it is that we actually leverage SMU's ROSA's uh, methodology. They already have a study that's specifically to seniors in these four domains of resilience. But we wanted to use that and then mapped it against the entire population so that we understood where the the evidence-based insights into resilient levels. And of course, at the start of all of this, I think one of the most important things at the start of any study is Mm. definition. So how do we define resilience where this study is concerned? So essentially, it's what you said earlier. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Being adaptive to situations, environments. All right, right. But I think what's important here that we need to understand is that it gives us insights as well Mm. as to the correlations between the resources and then I think what we've done with this research is that with uh, with SMU's input, there has been literature which talks about certain resources. So in this regard, we're talking about social engagement, social okay. interventions, okay. and then we're talking about financial literacy as well as insurance protection mm-hmm. um, because that addresses the financial part. Right, right. Um, essentially, these are resources which are commonly available in the community. And hence, we found out in terms of what are these correlate, how do they correlate to essentially mm-hmm. building resources resilience and in turn well-being. Because, you know, and I get the income insurance angle because yeah. where insurance is concerned, preparedness is an aspect of the yeah. ability to be resilient, right? Yeah. 
what were some of the highlights of this study or notable findings? Yeah, I think there are a couple, right? But I think yeah. three of it really stand out. Okay. One of it is really in terms of insights into the singles in Singapore. Right. So we found out that uh, singles are essentially less resilient than their married counterparts, <laughs> right? And specifically in the area of social resilience, as well as financial resilience, right, right. primarily because they don't have the extended support of their spouse's network, right. right? Whether family or financial support. The other one that we found out, which we thought was more interesting, is in the area of those who are lower in terms of social economic status, okay. which essentially are people who are unemployed as mm. well as people mm. whom have got lesser education, mm. education being a proxy for SES, the unemployment piece was something interesting because within unemployment cohort, okay. those who are retired and homemakers, i.e. those who are not unemployed involuntarily, are more resilient. Okay. Okay. Right? So it means that interventions would have to be a bit more specific. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then the third one really is, you know, when it comes to retirement adequacy, you were mentioning earlier, mm. the seniors actually, what we found out that's important in terms of enhancing the resilience, it's not really just only in the area of financial, but more importantly, also to be holistically prepared for retirement the social engagement and the social interaction is very important. So, i.e. social preparedness mm. is as important as financial preparedness. Right. Yeah. Right. So, these are areas of interventions that we definitely have room for um, looking at what might be possible to support I, I, the I like how you put it, areas for interventions. That Would it be correct to assume that the ultimate goal of this entire study is... Yeah. And, and the ultimate goal of understanding Singaporeans' resilience level yep. is to know whether or not we as an ageing population are prepared for retirement. Yeah, I suppose not just only ageing population, okay. but community as a whole, right? Right, right? So, for example, we as a company have pledged, say, $100 million, um, over 10 years to support mm. communities. So we want to be able to be strategically channeling our social impact funds mm. into areas that's most purposeful and most uh, meaningful. Mm-hmm. So we are not only just in a senior space, like you said, right? So we have committed funds to support, I suppose, the aging population or seniors' well-being more specifically okay. in one area of focus. But then we are talking about, so if we found out, I mean, the, the research basically say that those who are lower in education are low in resilient, right? So right. it basically tells us that the funds that we've been putting into financial bursaries for students who are from the lower income background is something that we should continue, for mm. example. Mm. And then, you know, the insights into uh, singles, which is the independent adults, uh, yeah. today it's something definitely there's room for us to really look into as well because if you think about it singles in an aging population yeah. probably would have more compounded issue yeah 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 actually uh, i guess this is a point of opinion uh to, to, to be fair uh a question of opinion you know with with this study it really does illustrate how and the, it's the way of the world now where you have to deal with different demographics and different mm. pockets differently yep. by understanding these pockets yes. Do you think such surveys, resilience, and very broadly opinion-based, do you think that they could eventually help shape policy, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, that's really the intention, which is why I think we have worked with ROSA, uh, SMU, right? Because I think they recognise that we were able to leverage their academic background. Mm -hmm. We uh, will be the enabler in the community, right? So I think we want to see ourselves as an enabler, but we want it to be evidence-based in terms of how we enable. Yeah, okay. This is exactly how we saw the partnership. Mm. And then right now, I think as 
part two of this exercise really is about then now starting many, many conversations to bring together and explore what kind of intervention is possible. So take, for example, we have a started conversation with Money Sense, okay. right? Because, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's the national financial literacy yeah. Yeah. Uh, body. We really want to take financial literacy to another level. So we are exploring in terms of where all the other various pockets that we could really you know, put our actions to, to okay. play. Yeah. Okay. I, I like this part two aspect because obviously that comes with recommendations on improving Singaporeans' yeah. resilience. What are some of the things that are being thrown out, put into the discussion? Yeah, so financial literacy is definitely one of that. Okay. So um, various conversations. So right now, I think there's a lot of talk about Forward Singapore. Uh, yes. So yes. so I think that's, the intention is to then use the study as a lever to start conversations with people who are putting together what might be the social compact for Singapore as well because we see very similar themes. Mm -hmm. Seniors being one, young families or people in the lower social income status being one, another another one as well. So I think that's really the next step to go, right? Of course, as an insurer, I think we also want to look into opportunities where products and services may be a consideration. Okay. So today, for example, we have got a specific, what we call silver focus (laughs) products, right? And we even have have a silver focus underwriting process to support seniors' accessibility okay. to insurance, right? So okay. we want to then, of course, explore what might there be po- what, anything else as possible that comes out from it. So we, the intention right now, in fact, we've started a discussion with our innovation office and mm-hmm. we're looking into workshopping, essentially um, bringing different stakeholders in the room to look at, you know, now resilient, we have a baseline on resilience. Mm. How might that influence or have an impact on, say, a projection on mortality, Yes. Right? Yes. For us to get a better sense in terms of making it science-based to yeah. actually, you know, project to say what might that tell us and how might that shape product and service development, for example. Quite interesting you bring that up because I, I recently sort of discovered for myself that you've got a, a population, an aged population, mm-hmm. and a portion of them who are even uninsured. Mm. I'm, I'm sure you've heard cases where, hey, I never get back anything from this insurance, I just cancel. Mm. At the age of like, what, 65? Mm. What are you doing? Mm. Education must be so important moving yes. forward. Yes, yeah. So I think it's about ecosystem at the ecosystem. end of the day, okay. right? Okay. So for example, we have put um, investment with the Health Life Fund, which is yeah. um, seniors' well-being. Okay. Then, of course, it's about conversations within their ecosystem mm. of seniors. Okay. How can we then pull certain levers again in terms of the education spa- okay. space, right? Okay. Same thing, Money Sense talks about different types of, different segments of the population, right? So even today, in our day-to-day, mm. because we speak a lot to customers as part of customer um, exploration and insights, okay. um, we, we do a lot of conversation and focus groups with them and increasingly that's something that we want to be able to embed right in terms of the conversations that we're taking with customers how else can we unearth in terms of their needs Mm. which we would then want to deliberately consider to say how then can that help us influence innovations within the insurance space yeah right Uh, coming back to that baseline that you mentioned so I mean do we consider Singaporeans resilient yeah so Singapore the baseline basically the survey actually the study actually says that Singaporeans are generally resilient in all (laughs) four domains, right? So that's a baseline. Um, Surely, I think it's something that we want to continue to monitor to see whether, you know, how will we fare in in two years, maybe? Yeah, so which was what I was going to ask. I mean, baseline can change. I suppose that this means an evolution of this resilience 
index, yeah. but you're looking at maybe two years ones type of thing? Yeah, so I think the, uh, from the professional, the, the researchers sure. are saying that it's something that's not quite feasible or rather it's not too um, practical yeah, rather yeah, yeah. to really look at it, in it, at it on an annual basis, yeah, right? Because yeah. interventions need to take place, behaviours need to change, there needs to be time. The workforce age group also exactly. needs to evolve. There needs right? to be time. Yeah. And, but I think we also need to recognise that resilience is multifaceted. Okay. Right? So which is why I, I think we recognise the fact that as a company, we can't do it alone. Okay. It has to be an ecosystem. But then besides ecosystem, there could be many other factors as mm, well, right? Mm-hmm. Global, yeah. pressure, whatever it may be, right? And person's circumstance could change as a result of that, right? So we need to recognize that. But I think at least that gives us a good start a lever for us to then start conversations. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's been quite fascinating. I've been speaking with Shannon Fong, who is Vice President and Head Strategic Communications and Sustainability for Income Insurance. Thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.